hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin West. To order or download additional resources, please visit kevinwest.org. Romans chapter 8. If you'll turn with me there if you want. I'm doing this out of the New King James today. I've been on a, a, a pattern or path, if you will, for a while. And try it. I'm going to go from chapter 1 or verse 1. And I'm going to kind of unlock something. Uh, continue to unlock something that I really believe the Lord is um, kind of wrestling with us all about. And um, if we're not careful, we can be, get caught up into just um, you know church routine and life routine and never really kind of grow into the knowledge of the revelation of really who he is. And it happens to all of us. I don't care who you are. When you're in the middle of a, like a building project, if you, don't, if you don't keep yourself grounded and rooted in reality, and the reality of Christ is what I'm talking about, then all of a, things, things can get out of control. I mean, you just, you get frustrated, you get aggravated, um, and just a lot of that kind of stuff that kind of goes on in people's life. If, if you could bear with me for just a moment, I'm gonna read quite a few scripture, and I'm gonna kind of unlock this, if you don't mind. Chapter eight, verse one. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Pause. Therefore there is no, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Right? Goes on to say, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That's not a condition. It says, therefore, there are now no more condemnation, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. That, as, that the righteousness or the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit, for those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit, not the flesh. For to be carnally minded, here we go, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enemy, an enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are of the flesh cannot please God. But you are not, here we go. Never gonna talk to you. If you're born again, you're saved, this is you. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Am I right? So, there's two, there's two categories of people. You're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Does the spirit of God dwell in you? 
You answer your if you if you know your heart, you say yes. He does. Then you're of the spirit, not of the flesh. But you don't understand. I get in the flesh. No, you'll see. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. <laughs> but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through, the spirit, through his spirit who dwells in you. Watch this. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if we're children, then heirs, heirs of God and join heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Not to us. For I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Even though we're going through difficult times in life, the challenges that we face, the, the obstacles, the, the things that just seem like they're gonna overwhelm us and the troubles and the pressures, all of that does not compare to the glory that is revealed in us, not to us. It's not coming out there or from over there. It's gonna come in here. That'll preach right there. Amen. For the earnest, oh, here we go. For, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation, here we go, of the creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was sub subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Earthquakes, hurricanes, the earth itself is, is groaning, is shaking for the, 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 the manifestations, you'll see this, the revelation, not to us, but in us. Because the creation itself for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption to the glorious liberty of the children of God. Who? Who's gonna deliver them? Who's gonna deliver creation? The children of God. Who are the children of God? The sons of God. Who are the sons of God? That have the spirit, not of the flesh. Who have the spirit? If you have the spirit of God in you. That's you. For we know that the whole creation, now this is not just talking about 
the creation. I'm not talking about just here. I'm talking about all creation, heaven and earth and everything in the middle. All creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does this one, what does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly await for the perseverance. Likewise, the spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot even be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When you don't even know how to pray, he's praying for you. Forever. He's forever making intercession for you. It's gotta be comforting to know that he authored and finished you. He is living inside of you. And when you're trying to figure this life out and trying to aimlessly walk through this thing, figuring out decision day by day, fighting which direction you should go, he's praying inside of you. Not only praying, he's groaning. Why would he be groaning? Why would the spirit be groaning? All creation is groaning, including the spirit groaning, for the manifestations of the sons of God. What's the manifestations? That word is apocalypse. It's the unveiling, un, 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 unsettling look where you can see it with clear eyes of the manifestation of the sons of God. And who are the sons of God? Those that are led by the Spirit. Who are the ones that are spirit? The ones that have the Spirit of God dwelling inside of them. So you says there's no more condemnation than if you're in Christ. Right? My whole life I grew up and I, and, and I preached this. I had to repent that I was wrong. I'd say there's no condemnation if you're in Christ as long as you don't walk after the flesh, but you walk after the spirit. I'd, I'd make that condemnation a, a, a condition, but it doesn't say that. It says, therefore, there's no condemnation in Christ. So you are free from any condemnation from him. You can keep your list. He's not keeping one. You can remind him, but he won't remember what you remind because he chooses to forget. He said it. I will remember him no more. Now, when he says I'll remember him no more, it's not like we will remember him no more. We remember him no more until somebody brings him up or it comes up in front of us again. Or we start getting by ourselves one day and feeling sorry for ourselves and realize, oh, Lord, here we are. Or something jars something inside of us. I'm just telling you, he says he will remember no more and he's bound by his word and his word says he'll remember no more. He'll remember no more. And he would be a liar if he brought him back up to you. So the only two that brings your past up to you to condemn you are you and the enemy. You, if you live by the spirit, won't bring it up. The enemy lives by your flesh. He will. Make sense? There's no condemnation, but you, you don't, you don't, you don't know where we don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. I'm gonna take it even a step further. I don't care what you've done. I really don't care what you'll do. Ooh. You mean to tell me if I go out and commit a sin, I still won't be condemned? 
No, you have consequences. But he's not going to condemn you. And if you get a hold of what I'm telling you, knowing he won't condemn you empowers you to want to do right, not want to do wrong. Anybody that uses God's no condemnation to, to, for a license to sin has to truly question himself if they've really been truly born again. This is important. Because if, if we're gonna be the manifestation that the whole world's groaning and complaining for and, and, and screaming for, we've got to settle a few things today because we were looking for something external that really is going to happen and is happening internally. Yeah. And there's some foundation things that have to shift. There is, can we just settle that? There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And he said that, he said it. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. If you're in Christ, you should never be condemned. Now that you're not condemned, let's live life. Let's go. No condemnation in Christ is not the beginning or the end of that chapter, it's the beginning. And the reason it's the beginning of the chapter is because there's a lot left to live after you settle that. But if you live your whole life trying not to be condemned by Christ, you'll do a lot of works and effort to try to please God. When you can't please God in the flesh, you can only please him in the spirit. And the only way you please him in the spirit is by faith. You believe on the one that he was, that was sent. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith what? In him. The disciples were all gathered together and Jesus said, well, what do we got to do here? This is, this is, what do we do to, to do the works what you're doing? He said, just believe on the one that's sent. What? Just believe on that? Yeah, you got to believe on that. Why is that? Because if you get your believing right, and I'm talking about right, I'm, I'm talking about locking in with the gospel of what the gospel truly says, not what we've thought it said, not what makes sense to the natural mind, because it won't make natural sense the natural mind. He just said it's an enemy. The, the natural mind is an, an enemy with the spirit. It, the, the, the natural mind is going to tell you you have to earn, you have to work, you have to do, you have to get God to be pleased with you. If you could ever see the spirit saying he's pleased with you, now get to work. You'll get it in reverse. Right? Caden playing football. If he's so concerned that he's going to be pulled out of the ball game and get in all kinds of trouble when he misses a block or he misses a run or whatever he does, he's playing life, playing that game by fear. He, he's, he's trying not to mess up because of the consequence is in front of him. But the minute the coach looks at him and says, listen, get in there and do it. I'm not taking you out. Just get in there. And do it. All of a sudden something happened to him when he gets free knowing that I don't have to worry about back here, I can just focus on out here. And it causes a person to live and, and, and focus the right direction as opposed to always looking back here for something to come behind you and catch you. I don't know how it works, I just know it works. And the minute you begin to see God for you and his condemnation off of you, you can live life knowing I got a brand new way to live here. He's not gonna come beat you up. There's consequences for bad decisions. 
Those aren't God, those are you. Right? Run a, run a, run a stop sign out here and a car is coming, you can't call that the devil. Right? In the, in the, in the, you know, you can pray to the Lord that nobody got hurt and his mercies, but somebody could get hurt. And the reason I'm telling you this is because we're gonna raise up a generation, including ourselves, that's gonna to begin to get trusted. We're gonna get trusted with the revelation of God working things through us. And the revelation is going to be coming in us, the manifestations, the whole earth, the creation, the world systems, the world structures, the government, everybody out there, even the church is looking for and waiting and groaning. Can somebody get this right? That's what they're hoping for. Can somebody, can somebody get this stuff right? Can somebody get this thing corrected? Everything is corruptible. Everything is corrupt. Everything, we see all that and we hear all of that and every, we keep reading it and buying into all the news and the media and all that stuff. It's happening. It's everywhere we turn. However, in the midst of all of the chaos, the chaos is actually a sound of a scream to the church that says, where are the sons of God that, that, that they can be revealed to us? How can we see the true and living church? Where are God's people? And we put them in a hole over here and we categorize them and saying, that person's saved, that person's not saved, that person's, well, they, I still see the Here's, it said it really clear. Now you all tell me if I'm wrong. It says it. It said, if you were in Christ, you're in the spirit. Did it not say that? Let me read it to you again. I didn't write it. Paul wrote it and I'm sure he's right. Therefore, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you, made me, he said, free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He can, listen, he condemns sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Don't be carnally minded, because that's death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What's this? But you are not of the flesh, but in the spirit. Paul was reminding them, listen, this is how this all works. If you live in the flesh and walk after the flesh, there's consequences, there's craziness, there's things that happen to your life. But you gotta remind, remember you got saved. You're born again. You're not in the flesh. You're in the spirit. You're in the spirit if Christ is in you. If Christ lives in you, which is the hope of glory, if Christ is in you, you have the spirit. You're living in the spirit. Now, the more you nurture and understand what took place inside of you, you begin to mature. That's why he went on to say, we got an earnest down payment on this thing. And if we've been adopted into the family as sons of God, here's what it says. We're, we're, we're heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs of this Christ. Even when we were child, Paul said it in Galatians. He says, as a, when I was a child, I thought as a child, now that I've got a little older, I'm, I'm, I'm older. I know how to think a little differently. So you've got to grow up in this thing. Now here, first Corinthians chapter two, I want to read this and then I'm going to come home with this. 
Paul says in chapter two, verse one, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not a persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Listen, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not, a, not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our, glo- for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For if they have known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it has, as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things that of a man except the spirit, which is, is, is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given by God. These things we speak not in words with man's wisdom teaches, but what the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he even know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritually judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who knows the mind of Christ, the Lord that he may instruct him? But listen to this. But we have the mind of Christ. Next chapter. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as a spiritual people, but as to a carnal, as babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able for you're still carnal, some of you. For when there are envy, strife, and divisions among you. Paul said this. He said, listen, I've had to preach and preach and preach and connect with you guys forever. This is Paul talking to the Corinthian church. But I've had to give you the little stuff. I've had to, I've had to tell you how to just control your behaviors. I've had to give you seven steps for prosperity. I've had to give you three steps to get your healing. I've had to give you four scriptures to confess and confess and confess. And I've had, I've had, to, I had to do all of that because you were just a babe in Christ. But now, things are different. Things are growing. Things are, people are, are growing up. We look at the world and Paul's going, it's time for a change. I've gotta come and give you a revelation. I've gotta give you some deep things of God. Now who knows the deep things of God but the spirit, he says. Here's what he said. He goes, the deep things of God, the mystery of God, I'm gonna tell you the mystery. The mystery of God that is hidden from the foolishness and the wisdom of the world, from the natural carnal mind The mystery of God is hidden from them. Who is the mystery? What is the mystery? He goes on to say, they wouldn't have known. They don't know. If they would have known the mystery of God, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. If they would have known. Then he goes on to say this. For eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard the things that are stored up and ready for who? 
you. The mystery of God is hidden from the world. Carnal-minded, fleshly, natural-minded people can't receive them, but they know they're there. They can only be received by the Spirit. And the Spirit tells you that those blessings, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. He's not talking about heaven. He's talking about you right now. And it's the word of God dwelling in you by the spirit that gives you the ability to understand what he's really talking about. What am I saying? I'm saying this. If you've been born again, you have the spirit. If you have the spirit, you are under no condemnation of God. If you can't get past your past, it's your fault because it's not God putting it on you. You better forgive yourself so you can move on. Why? Why do you got to move on? Because the world is waiting and your family, people around you are waiting for the the manifestation. They're groaning and complaining and 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 arguing and and fussing and chaotic and everything's around you. Why? And, And you're going, well, they're just out of control. No, they're out of control because they're screaming and groaning for the real sons of God to be made known. And it's more than just praying for people to get them healed. That's a part of it. It's more than just those, because th- we've, we've, we've lined it up and we've churchized it and made it fit in a box in here and it doesn't fit in a box. It's more than that. The bottom line is this, when somebody gets born again, they get, they, they, they get filled with the spirit, baptized in him. When that begins to happen, the spirit of God is inside of a person. So who are we to judge them? Well, I got a holy hush there. I was kind of praying for the air conditioner to come back on. (laughs) Who are we to judge them? Why? Because our holiness measures up better than their holiness. Don't hold other people to a standard that God's not holding them to. Because Lucifer, you just put yourself above God. Mm-hmm. Well, don't put that on YouTube. You see what's happening? What happens is we end up putting ourselves in that place of judgment and we put ourselves in, we're, we're playing the, the God and we're not playing, it's not how this works. Because if we truly have the spirit of God to be revealed in us, the world is what your world around you is waiting for that to happen. Now, it has to happen through believing what the Lord has said. It's not more chasing after manifestations. The manifestations of the sons of God are an output of right believing. When you believe correctly and you believe right, not believe your denomination or your non-denomination, not not believe in what Mama or Papa says, not believe what mom and dad says. It's what's the Bible say, right? Now, hopefully we've been taught right and it's been passed down to us. But what I'm discovering is there is a, uh, I don't know that I was able to receive the fullness of what the Lord has saying to, been saying to us for a long time until just in the last couple of years. 
because I'm learning and realizing that this thing is not outside looking in, it's inside looking out. And that means if I've got God living on the inside of me, it is to be revealed in me. How does it be? How does it reveal in me? It's got to, it's got to change, right? Something's got to change. So then if I, if I say, well, something has to change and God's living inside of me, I've got the power of the creator living inside of me. God himself dwells inside of me. He dwells inside of you. So I'm not fighting the flesh. My battle is trying to hear what the spirit is saying. I'm not battling all that. And if you mess up and you do something in the flesh, just get out of the flesh and get back into the spirit. Remember who you are. Right? Yeah, you, you, you go over here and you, get, you fly one of those, I call them those social media tantrums. You just get off and you go get in the flesh and you just go on for about two hours realizing you're just fighting everybody and nobody's winning. Post, 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 right? And you get out here and you go here and then all of a sudden you come to yourself, God, that was a waste of time. Just get back over here. Right? Why? Because you're focusing on things that are going somewhere. So God can be revealed inside of you. Now, what is he going to reveal inside of you? He's revealing inside of you the things that eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard. Eye has not seen and ear has not heard the things he has for you. That's the mystery of God. Christ in you, the hope of the glory. That the world system and the world people and the princes of this world, enemies and everything and carnal-minded people, what that means is it's not just out there. If you're carnal-minded, you can't see the mystery of God. So what is the switch? What is the flip? Here it is. When you forget to focus on the goodness of God and the things he has stored up for you that you cannot even imagine that are good in your eye and your ear hadn't even heard, you're carnal-minded. And when you become carnal-minded, you begin to focus on the fleshly things of the world and not of the spirit. The world's not waiting for the manifestation of a smart person. We have those. The world's not waiting on a manifestation of of the next great idea. There'll be some, but we have those. What's the world waiting on? The world's waiting on this. Little old you that just believes God for who he is, that he's just big enough to put you on the map, even though you're not even looking to be on the map, and eyes haven't seen and ears haven't even heard. You can't even dream it. You can't imagine it, all the good things he has set up for you. The suffering that we go through just for a little while doesn't compare to the things that he has for us. You'll not be able to figure it out. You'll not be able to put it in a box and and reason it out. But the first time you think, when when a, when a, a blow comes to you in life and you go, oh God, that just knocked me off my feet. Yeah, it knocked you off your feet. Just remember, this suffering, even though it's for a while, doesn't compare to the good things that he has for me. Oh, he knocked, me off, he knocked me off my feet. My God, God must be mad at me and putting some, he's, I'll tell you what it is, he's, he's coming down on me because I know I had some bad thoughts last week and he's coming down. No, there's no condemnation in Christ. You get back up and say, I'm in the spirit. I'm not in the flesh. Right. Condemnation marries the, the flesh. Forgiveness marries the spirit. A clean, clear conscience to go forward. For what? So he can be revealed in you to show you all the things that the world can't see. If we could tap into the riches of his glory in here, we would have a worry out there. 
Right now, the church is in a position where the world holds the keys. The world systems hold the keys to the future advancement of the church. I'm telling you, as long as you see that as a limitation, that's carnal. Carnal is not just thinking bad thoughts. It's not just cussing and drinking and watching pornography. And all. Carnal is anything that the human effort is responsible for. Oh, it's my response. I mean, I feel responsible. I, I got. If you put your hands on it and make it happen, you're carnal. Even if it's a good tensions. Take your hands off of it. Why? Well, I don't want to be lazy. You know the biggest battle that we face in the church? I know I do. I'm not battling out here all this other stuff that's fleshly stuff. I don't, I don't wake up every morning and go, oh God, I hope I get delivered from that or safe. From, I don't do that. I mean, I don't. But I do break up every morning going, where do I start? Where does he start? How much of that is me and how much of that is you? Do I initiate or do you initiate and I follow? Or do I initiate and you follow? How are we doing this? What's this? How's this working today, Lord? Do I make that call or is that just me? Right? You're constantly, that's the thought, that's the process. Why? Because you don't want to start something in the flesh and have him to finish it in the spirit because if it's birthed in the flesh, it'll have to be dead in the flesh. What's birthed, what's started in the flesh is birthed in the flesh. What's started in the spirit will end in the spirit and be birthed in the spirit. What do we have? Our goal, and I believe it's the heart of the Lord, is to raise up a spiritual people. And let me define spiritual people. Not spiritual people that are pious and liturgical and have all their different rules and regulations to fit our map that we think Christians should live. I'm talking about a spiritual people that recognize they have Christ inside of them that is able to look at somebody that doesn't fit your mold that you think that Christ would be in and trust that somehow that's gonna work to their favor. And even though somebody got arrested and even though somebody passed away and even though somebody went to this direction and got a divorce and even though all that happened, somehow in the midst of all of that chaos, there's a scream and a groan for God's people to let God be revealed in us to the world. All creation is groaning. Earthquakes, hurricanes, all of that. It's all real. Well, it's more real than all of that is what's living inside of you. Yeah. We look at God sometimes inside of us like it's a tie or it's a new sweater. Or, man, he fits, just fits real good. He's in, he's in there. No, he, when he took in, he took in. He's perfectly capable of knowing the deep things of God for your life. And it's already said, he already said, only the Spirit knows those deep things. Listen, the deep things aren't to, to point out all your negatives. The deep things are the good. The deep things are the will of God for your life. The direction. Do I go right or do I go left? Well, the deep things. Why he created you from the very, before the foundation of the world. Inside of you. Christ. The 
fullness of God himself lives inside of you. And the reason we walk around aimless and trying to figure life out is because I'm not so sure we have the confidence that the spirit lives inside of us. Let me take the pressure off of you. You can't mess this up. What? You mean, even my mistakes, God had ordered? No, he didn't order your mistakes, but he will take your mistakes. I want to tell you this, and this is the truth. I've never had, I've been promoted several times in the kingdom, and I know what they look like when I get them. But I've never been more promoted than from my failures and my successes. My successes help. If faith was little, it would be ruler over much. I know all that. But I do know this. Every time I've gone through an entire switch of my world just shifts upside down, and I don't know the top from the bottom or the bottom from the top. I don't know if I'm inside out or outside in. And I'm trying to figure this thing out. And I'm, trying to, I'm attempting things, trying things, scratching and clawing, doing everything I know to do because I don't want to be lazy. And I'm doing it all. And I know one thing. On the heels of that trial, every single time the heels of that trial, I come out in a place that I couldn't have gotten to if I'd have been my best decision I'd ever made. My smarts, your, your intellect isn't better than his wisdom. And his wisdom dwells inside of you. So take the pressure off. Follow after what he, you're feeling in your heart from the Lord. And if the door closes, stand there and look at it for a few minutes. Right? If it doesn't open up, move on to something else. Why? Well, because you got the deep things of God inside of you. We're moving from, this is the truth, we're moving from counsel to the counselor. Do you hear me? Counsel analyzes and weighs out your options. Do I do A or do I do B? But the counselor lives inside of you. And the counselor leads and guides you. And he leads and guides you sometimes in places you don't really want to go. Life circumstances, sometimes our life is his direction. And if you'll be just faithful, faithful what? In the things you do? Yeah, but also be faithful in what you believe. You can trust him. You can trust him. That's what he told me to tell you today. Take the pressure off of him. Tell him to quit worrying about things I'm not worried about. Tell him to quit reminding, trying to remind me of stuff that I've already forgotten. Tell him to quit trying to battle the spirit in the flesh. Just settle it knowing they're in the spirit. If you'll focus on being in the spirit, the flesh becomes minimized. But if you're trying to constantly battle, it's whatever you wake up with the next morning. If you've got a headache, you might go this direction. If you feel good, you might go this direction. If that person says the wrong thing, you go here. No, you're in the spirit. You're in the spirit. And God is trying to reveal things in you. Not just to you, but in you. Which means he takes you as an example and he places you out there in the world and people see in you what he is doing. 
if you could only trust him to know that eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard the good things he has stored up for you. But right now I don't feel like good things. I don't, I know, sometimes it doesn't feel like good things, but I know good things. Sit down and write out your vision statement. It's a good thing to do, but put a comma beside it. Don't put a, a, a period or a punctuation mark, exclamation mark. Why? Because God's got one better. Your vision, his is bigger. Your dream, his is greater. What people have when people prophesy over me and it's a good thing, you know what I say? I appreciate that because I know it's coming from the spirit, but it's also coming from them. And so when someone prophesies over me and says, man, Lord has this for you, Lord has this for you, I smile at myself saying, I, I received that from the Lord, but I know it's gotta be better because that's not the fullness of God. So the next time someone tells you, you're, I see you, you're gonna be healed. Well, you know, that's the will of the Lord. Yeah, it's gonna be healed. Well, you know what? Until I get healed, I know that eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard all the good things that the Lord has stored up for me. This is good. Won't you stand with me? Father, Father, why is life just seems like so complicated at times and difficult? Why is it when we're in a quarrel or in a squabble or tension, whether it be with people or family or finance or whatever that, why is it sometimes that just weighs so heavy on us and God, we forget how good you really are. Sometimes, Lord, we lean on and weigh in on things that are heavy because we're drawn to it. And then we forget just how good you really are. Father, thank you. I thank you, Lord, that everybody that's standing here today has breath in their body. I thank you, Lord, that everybody had the ability to get in here today. Sometimes, Lord, we forget the small things because the other things sometimes eclipse the small things. God, I'm thankful that we can stand before you without any kind of condemnation. And forgive us, Lord, for pointing out the flaws in ourselves when you've already kind of washed those flaws away. I heard the Lord say that there's somebody in here that's a mother that really wasn't so active in your child's life for circumstances that were way outside of your control. And 
there's times when you just, you just, you just, you just know that that's the best that you could have done because the circumstances wouldn't allow anything else. There's other times you feel guilty. You feel like, God, what, you know, what, maybe I should have done this. Maybe I should have done that. No, there's, there's no should have and would have. The Lord said to tell you there's no condemnation. And there's a gentleman in here. I don't know who you are, but the Lord knows you and you know who you are. He's in here and you're in here today and, you, and you're thinking, I, I squandered my opportunity. I had it. It was all in my hands and God, it was gone. And I, I, just, I just failed. And then you wrestle with it saying, you know, I, I did the best that I could, but then deep down you haven't really truly reconciled in your heart. The Lord says, plant that what was in your hands in the ground. And plant it as a seed, not as a death, a death as in a funeral. He said that you look at your family and when you look at your family, you feel even more guilty because you feel like you've let them down and they, you see them struggling and you see them going through stuff and, and they're supportive going, hey, I'm with you, I'm with you. But deep down, you just can't shake the fact of the responsibility you feel and that, that, that guilt that you feel. And the Lord says, release that guilt right now. There is no guilt and no condemnation and there is no shame in the spirit. He said, what you're going to experience in this next season, once from this moment on, when you truly release that, is going to be supernatural that you couldn't take credit for it if you tried. So here's what he said. Don't take the blame for the last one because he's not going to give you credit for the next one. He'll take the blame so he can get the credit. Father, in Jesus' name, we receive your word. We bless your people as we walk out here today and for the week. Reveal yourself in us that we might know and see the mystery of God. The eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard all the things you have stored up for us in this life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all.